Dude, do you feel qualified to talk about every Adam Sandler movie ever made? No, I, I I was so happy though that you interrupted me from watching the first ten minutes of Jack and Jill. Oh, you tried to watch Jack and Jill? <laughs> no, that's like the well, worst Adam Sandler the, the, movie ever made. Right, but the theory, right? We have to watch the worst ones to see if there's any that are worse than Hubie Halloween. <laughs> Dude, I think Jack and Jill is worse than Hubie <laughs> Halloween. I mean, I was interested. I I actually felt like I was more interested in the first ten minutes of Jack and Jill than the first ten minutes of Hubie Halloween. Okay, fair enough i i can see that <laughs> did jill make an appearance in what you saw of jack and jill yes she did because <laughs> jill's horrible <laughs> the voice adam sandler uses for jill is just grating yeah, but i mean that's an adam sandler film right <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's what he does he uses a voice in all of his movies pretty much and that's the thing is he clearly could do better but he chooses not to okay we're gonna get into all this but first Hello and welcome to The Popcorn Isn't Real. I'm Leif Eric and I'm here with my co-host Torvald. This is the podcast where we talk about fan theories and take deep dives into alternate interpretations of films. So Torvald, what are we talking about today? Oh boy, what are we talking about? We <laughs> are talking know. about... <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> We're we talking like about Halloween. going overboard. <laughs> We're talking about Happy There's Gilmore. There's so many horror We're films. We're talking about <laughs> The Waterboy, Mr. Deeds, maybe Big Daddy, uh, definitely Little, oh, little Nicky. Um, <laughs> we're, we're talking about Jack and Jill, I guess, uh, 50 First Dates, Uncut Gems. Uh, we're, we're talking Hubie Halloween first and foremost. This is our Halloween special, and we are going to cover a Halloween movie of all time. And maybe we can solve the mystery of why two people who love horror movies and Halloween would choose to talk about an Adam Sandler movie for their Halloween episode. Not just an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> oh. What's the theory? Hubie Halloween is a mind-boggling movie. It kind of came out of left field and it hit everyone like a punch in the face because that movie rolled in hot off the heels of Uncut Gems. Yes. Which most people consider to be not only Adam Sandler's greatest movie, but also possibly among the greatest movies ever made, period. Oh. People really liked Uncut Gems. Well, not the Academy of Arts and Science. Oh, really? I <laughs> don't think that. <laughs> well, that might be part of the problem here. So the theory is that Hubie Halloween was carefully crafted by Adam Sandler to be the worst movie ever made to punish us. <laughs> He's punishing the world for not giving Uncut Gems an Oscar. I don't even think they nominated it, right? No, it wasn't nominated. It should have at least been nominated. So the meat of this theory comes from an interview where Adam Sandler was talking with Howard Stern. Oh, gross. <laughs> he promised that if he did not win an Oscar for Uncut Gems, then he would come back and, quote, do one again that is so bad on purpose just to make you all pay. That's how I get them. <laughs> That's what he said on the interview. Okay. Hmm. And since this was the very next movie that came out and directly after he didn't get that Oscar, I honestly think that it is fulfilling his threat. <laughs> um, he, he, hmm. he, he took one look at the world and said... The world does not deserve me at my best, so I will show them I will <laughs> right. show them Adam Sandler at his right. worst. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. He, and he does he's Adam Sandler certainly can act. He he's done some good films, but with such a plethora of extremely terrible films that he's made, how could we possibly prove that Hubie Halloween is the worst? 
I don't think we necessarily need to prove it to be the worst. We just need to prove it to be awful. <laughs> um, okay. And then we could talk about some of his other movies right. as well. Uh, but that's not our only theory of the day, is it? You actually had a really, really fun theory about Hubie Halloween yeah, that I had right. Heard of before. Yeah. So there's there's two things here. One is that the character of Walter Lambert in Hubie Halloween could possibly be the same character as Wayne from Hotel Transylvania. Wayne the werewolf from Hotel Transylvania. Yes. Along with that, there is a very popular theory among Adam Sandler fans, of which there are many, surprisingly enough. There are a lot of Adam what? Sandler fans. <laughs> okay, wait. We got to <laughs> dig deep into this because you just said something that I can't possibly believe. <laughs> there are many fans of Adam Sandler. I don't know that we are necessarily the people who are most qualified to talk about this, but there is a theory that there is a Happy Madison verse or a Sandler verse that mm -hmm. all Happy Madison films, not all of which star Adam Sandler, they do produce other films, that they all exist within the same universe and that you can find recurring characters between them. And that's something that we'll touch on. There, there's certainly some proof for this Adam Sandler verse in Hubie Halloween. So we'll look at that. Kind of sliding in on the coattails of that theory, I actually have another theory that Adam Sandler's, let's say, M.O. started all the way back, way back in 1989 when he scored his very first starring role, which was originally called The Unsinkable Shecky Moskowitz, and then retitled to Babes Ahoy! <laughs> And then retitled to Going Overboard when it released the third time. You know that a movie is good when it goes through that many title changes. <laughs> so I have a theory that that is the movie that Adam Sandler even thinks is so bad that he will not acknowledge its existence. He does not list it on his official website where he documents the films that he's been in. I have a theory that this movie kind of started the way that Happy Madison Productions does things. It uh, put Adam Sandler on a path of making movies while using the least amount of money possible and including only people that he likes spending time with and setting those movies in vacation locales so that him and his best buddies could just go on vacation and make a lot of money. <laughs> I think that this movie yes. was the start of that. I also think that we can prove it's a really, really bad movie, but possibly not quite as bad as Hubie Halloween. So... <laughs> <laughs> Having seen Hubie Halloween, do you consider it to be the worst movie Adam Sandler has ever made? Well, gosh, I don't know. Uh, that's that's a tough question. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, even the ones that people consider to be classic, like, say, Happy Gilmore. I really like Shooter McGavin. I think he is an excellent villain. Yeah. The, ma the yeah. main thing I love about Shooter McGavin is that uh, there is a story Christopher McDonald, who played Shooter McGavin, he was recognized once in an airport um, and a couple of fans ran up to him and they were like, Shooter, whoa, it's you, Shooter McGavin. And then, you know, they were just like praising him and saying how great he was and you know, asking for autographs. And he just completely 100 percent snubbed them and then turned to them and said, please don't do this. And then just turned and walked away. And then they were just standing there ag aghast that he would do that. 
And then he turned back, gave him the finger guns and shouted, shoot her! <laughs> and then walked away. Which is exactly oh, what Shooter McGavin would have done. We gave him exactly what they wanted. <laughs> he was totally being Shooter McGavin. Do you think that Hubie Halloween was purposefully bad? It has to be purposefully bad, right? Have you heard? Well, no, that's not a good argument. I was going to say, have you heard Adam Sandler's voice? But <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly all. what I was going to say, too. So the, the main <laughs> gag of this movie, like the main gimmick of this movie is that Adam Sandler is using a voice that sounds like, I don't know, a little bit like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like, he kind of talks like this. <laughs> like, and uh, his character is somewhat mentally slow. That's the gag. And that doesn't seem like a very good setup for a joke, let alone for an entire movie. <laughs> what about for an entire career? I know. <laughs> because that's the gag of all well, that's what I was gonna of say. Adam Sandler's movies. <laughs> writing a movie with that being like the main tenant of the movie makes me think that the movie was set up to be bad. But then you have countered with a very good point, which is that that's just what Adam Sandler does. <laughs> that's all of his <laughs> movies. He's made his career. It's a movie about a guy who is mentally handicapped in some way, who everyone hates. Yeah, everyone hates him. <laughs> and that's all of Adam Sandler's movies. <laughs> yeah. Like even Jack and Jill. Oh, Jack and Jill, Waterboy. If we're going to get into this movie, we could start with the first scene. Yeah. The very first Literally 50 seconds of this movie are very important to the Sandlerverse theory because the opening scene of Hubie Halloween is someone at an insane asylum and a orderly comes in and mm -hmm. he's played by Ben Stiller and he introduces himself and he says that, hey, I'm Hell L, which was the name of the psychotic caretaker in Happy Gilmore, who works at the retirement home, Happy Gilmore's mom, says, I'd like a nice warm glass of milk. And he's like, I'll give you a nice warm glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> right. That's a very good scene. <laughs> he also said, now you go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's just a wonderful man. <laughs> Probably better for him to work at an insane asylum, I guess. So that establishes, oh, there is an Adam Sandler verse. Okay, and let me guess, you have mapped out every single movie and character within the Adam Sandlerverse, and you're about to lay it out for us? Yes. All so, right, let's hear it. So this is opening up a whole can of worms. One of the main accepted rules of the Sandlerverse is that if a character has the same name across two movies, they are the same character. Okay. They are usually played by the same actor, but not always. Sometimes okay. the actor changes. Also... Just because a person is played by the same actor does not mean they're the same character because <laughs> they reuse actors all the time. So here are just a few connections across Adam Sandler movies. Another one from Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore's mentor, Chubbs, played by Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed. Wow, um, <laughs> he's a great actor. I love that guy. Happy Gilmore's mentor, Chubbs, is also seen in Little Nicky in Heaven teaching people how to dance. And of course, this makes sense because he dies in Happy Gilmore. There is a character in 50 First Dates called 10 Second Tom, who can only remember things for 10 seconds. He shows up again in another Drew Barrymore Adam Sandler film called Blended. 
And let's see, Otto the caddy. So the caddy from Happy Gilmore, who is a person that Happy hires off the streets, he is seen in Jack and Jill, invited to their Thanksgiving dinner for some reason. Still a homeless person. (laughs) Anyway, there's a lot of people like that. But interestingly enough, the Sandlerverse is connected to Tommy Boy. In 51st States, we find out that the Brain Hospital is funded by an auto parts tycoon from Sandusky, Ohio, named T.B. Callahan or Tommy Boy Callahan. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Chris Farley's character in the movie Tommy Boy. So there you go. So that's just a a primer. There is definitely a Sandlerverse. Yeah, I think you could go a lot deeper than that from what I've heard. Yeah, if you're like a big fan. (laughs) This was my first thought when I started watching Hubie Halloween and just like not understanding the tone. Like, right. Yeah. I, I just don't get Sandler comedies because they're not quite as zany as like a Zucker Zucker and Abraham's film. Exactly. Or yeah. even like Mel Brooks. For the most part, they almost feel kind of like grounded comedies, except mm-hmm. they randomly the, get crazy the, yeah, and kind of break the world. Off the wall just <laughs> for, for no reason sometimes. I don't know. But nothing Sandler has ever made comes even close to like Top Secret, the <laughs> movie we talk about the most on this <laughs> podcast. Top Secret, Almost Heroes, <laughs> Shaolin Soccer. Well, but maybe that's the difference then, is that like the zanier movies that we like, Mel Brooks, Zucker Zucker Abrams, uh, those are parodies, whereas like these these other Adam Sandler ones are comedies that are somewhat zany, but not exactly parodies. So I would like to talk a little bit about Walter Lambert, played by Steve Buscemi, who is a great actor, and I think uh, he really plays the role well. He's so good. Now, you said that his name is Walter Lambert. It's later revealed in the movie that that is not his real name. True, yes. They say that his real name is Nick Hudson. Now, the theory here is that he is an actual werewolf, and he is actually Wayne from Hotel Transylvania. The evidence that I've gathered to support this theory is that he shows up out of nowhere, moves in next door, is extremely nice, but, you know, warning Hubie about strange noises. He says, don't come check on me if you hear strange noises from my house, okay? There's a gravestone with no death date with his name on it. I can tell you what the gravestone says. It says three names, Fuzzy Wuzzy, Beloved Father, 1633 to 1688, and Beloved Mother, 1638 to 1699, and Walter Lambert, son, 1661. Jeez. So like, yeah, 400 years ago. Wow. So (laughs) as far as we can tell, though, they actually give varying accounts of this in the Hotel Transylvania series. It seems that Dracula was born in the 1400s at some point, possibly 1500s. And we know that Wayne is within about a hundred, either he's the same age as Dracula or about a hundred years younger than him, a hundred to 200 years younger than, than him, based on some lines that they say in the movie where they're like, remember when we were in our hundreds? So that could put the year 1661 as the correct birth date for Wayne, even though this no, that tombstone would make perfect says sense Walter if that Lambert. was his correct birth date. And I'm going to go through the whole timeline of Wayne's life, actually. He's clearly trying to protect everyone from himself. Uh, he boarded up his house. He boarded up his windows. He eats dog food. <laughs> he stays at home and poops on newspapers, you know, while, while keeping himself trapped there. At some point in the movie, he went and killed and ate a pig on a farm with his bare hands just because he was, you know, feeling peckish. Excuse me, with his wolf hands? Yeah, sorry, with his wolf hands because he was feeling (laughs) peckish. He was found later by Hubie lurking around in a forest, kind of howling and growling and barking and acting real wolfish. 
at that point in the movie, he runs home and desperately handcuffs himself to the fridge because he's, you know, transforming and he starts to get hairy. Um, like he he develops, you know, giant hairy arms and hands and stuff. Yeah. Now, the movie would have you believe that he is just a mental patient because it turns out that his roommate from the mental hospital is trying to track him down. They both broke out of the mental hospital and his roommate is trying to bring him back. They're, they're fun characters. Yeah. I like that his, you know, the roommate, the one who doesn't think he's a werewolf, just likes to pee. Um, that's his thing. He just really likes to pee places. <laughs> that, that was the one joke in this movie that made me laugh. Where really he's like, joke. I'm peeing right now. Yeah, and, and he is. He is. And, and they uh, both just laugh. Walter like, Lambert uh, doesn't uh, care and starts licking him. And then he's like, oh, good roommate. Good roommate. <laughs> like, they're such a good, good pair. I really like <laughs> So, but you were talking about the timeline, and I want to answer the question, does the timeline fit? Because we know that as of 2012, when Hotel Transylvania took place, Walter Lambert, a.k.a. Wayne the Werewolf, must be at Hotel Transylvania, married to his beloved wife of the next decade, and with a litter of puppies. (laughs) Well, we see early on in the movie that Hubie starts thumbing through a high school yearbook from the year 1984 which seems to be the year that they graduated high school, meaning that they were probably like, you know, 18 years old around that time. Which to me means that this movie could have easily taken place anywhere around like, you know, 2000 to 2010, which would make Hubie and everyone else about like 35 to 45 years old, um, which seems to fit about the ages they're supposed to be. Okay, but isn't Hubie just supposed to be Adam Sandler's age, like 50 something? Okay, so you're trying to say this movie takes place in the year 2020 when it released. I say no, it didn't. It did not. And there's good evidence for that. And that mainly comes down to the phones that people are using. Pretty much everybody in the movie, including Hubie and Valentine and the policemen, everybody in the movie uses old school corded phones every time they make a phone call, which nobody even owns nowadays. When's the last time you saw a corded phone? Like, they uh-huh. don't exist. Even in, like, government facilities, like a police station, they, they have at least, like, cordless phones. Now, you do see two smartphones in the movie. Only two. You see one when Harley Quinn, taking a picture of her daughter, who is also a Harley Quinn. Yeah. And then one later, a kid starts recording Hubie from his smartphone at the school party. To me, this implies that smartphones exist, but are very rare. Um, this could be right around the time when they started to come out and you know hit right. the the populace at large right around 2010. And that fits to me because then Wayne, maybe he wasn't even married yet. He didn't have a wife. He didn't have kids. Like you said, we know he's lived with Dracula and the monsters for hundreds of years. They talk about being old friends. We have flashbacks in Hotel Transylvania 3 of them thwarting Van Helsing, you know, together 100 years ago-ish. Um, So we know that he's been with the monsters. I think at some point he got tired of that and thought, hey, man, you know, I want to be a human again. I just want to live with the humans. And he tried it. And clearly humans didn't appreciate the fact that he was a werewolf and put him in a mental institution. So, yeah, around 2010, he tried living with humans again, ended up in a mental institution. And at some point after this movie, he was like, hey, you know, this sucks. And I don't want to live with humans anymore and went back to live in the monster world at Hotel Transylvania. He met his wife, had a litter of puppies and boom, 2012 rolls around and we get Hotel Transylvania. Everything's happening right on schedule as it should have. Okay. So there you go. That's that's my timeline. And I think it all fits. I don't think there's any holes in this timeline. 
Okay. So you believe that Wayne, even though he doesn't do it until Helltale Transylvania 4, that we see that he can turn into a human. Uh, Wayne cannot turn into a human. <laughs> no, he can't. I don't know. <laughs> Hotel Transylvania treats him as if he is a werewolf at all times. In Hotel Transylvania 4, Transformania, he gets transformed into a human briefly due to uh, one of Van Helsing's crazy inventions that reverts monsters back to human form. And interestingly enough, when he turns back into a human, I've, I sent you a screenshot of it. He looks just like Mr. Lambert from Hubie right. Halloween, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, they clearly modeled, like, they him clearly modeled his face Buscemi. after Steve Buscemi, <laughs> who is Mr. Lambert. <laughs> that is the original nugget of evidence that I found for this theory, was just that they both wear the same blue button-up yeah, shirt. they wear the exact same outfit. It's clearly an intentional choice, whether it's just an Easter egg or they're trying to tell us there's something more, that they dressed him up exactly like his character from Hotel Transylvania and made him a werewolf. I haven't watched all the Hotel Transylvania stuff, but Hotel Transylvania Meet the Monsters has two young werewolves who do have human forms. Like, they can okay. turn into humans. Right. And so, my, my argument would be that we don't have any proof that he can't turn into a human. And why wouldn't he be able to turn into a human? In most lores and legends... Though I assume he's pretty weirded out in the fourth Right, well, it's not that he is a human, it's that he can't be a werewolf now. He's lost his wolf form, right? Yeah, okay. There's also a part where his wife and kids don't recognize him when he's in human form. Well, he's never done that in front of them before. (laughs) Yeah. That's why he moved to the monster world, because he tried it out in 2010, and people just thought he was crazy, and they're chasing him around town. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to be a wolf. I'm going to be a wolf forever. He was his friend, Rob Schneider, who pees on everything, and (laughs) (laughs) he decided, I'll just be a werewolf from now on. I like this theory because, in my opinion, uh, Walter Lambert was the best character from the entire movie and uh, best actor in the entire movie. And also, I think that uh, Wayne the Werewolf is one of the better characters in the Hotel Transylvania series. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, Steve Buscemi is an amazing actor. It's kind of crazy he always ends up in Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> you know, I mean... He... he also does a lot of other stuff, unlike most of Adam Sandler's other actors who are only in Adam Sandler movies. He, he does what he wants. <laughs> I could say the couple of things that I do like about this movie. I like that Valentine, the love interest, I like that she is just ridiculously into Hubie she for head no over reason heels. For no reason. She loves him. And she's loved him since the first grade, even longer than he loved her since at, the second at grade. First, when it first happens, you're just kind of like eye roll, like, uh, it's just one of those dumb comedies where this woman who seems she's great loves this stu- total him. doofus for no reason. But right. they just really hammer into it. You realize, mm. oh, they're making she fun of that trope. Him. Yeah. And I liked it. The movie ends with the revelation that Hubie's mother was kidnapping and torturing and presumably going to murder every person in town who was mean to Hubie. I think that Hubie was doing it. I think Hubie kidnapped everybody. If you look at it, they kind of try and throw you off and pretend that Hubie's doing it. And then you find out that his mom was doing it. It doesn't make any sense that his mom was doing it. The lady is like 80 years old. She's like a decrepit old woman. She couldn't have done this. Yeah, how did she pull someone through the cornfield? Yeah, corn how did she field? yank that guy off his feet halfway through the cornfield? It doesn't make any sense. It only makes sense if you be this, you know, big, strong man with possible pent-up rage issues related to people bullying him for his entire life, finally snapped and started just uh, wailing on these people who he didn't like. 
And every single time someone disappears, he is present. He is present at every disappearance. And, you know, every time they disappeared also, they were all bullying him. So it makes sense if, you know, he's getting bullied, he snaps, he, you know, chokes them out. (laughs) And then while they're unconscious, takes them home, ties them up. And then uh, his mom, maybe he roped her in and was like, all right, mom, set them on fire. And then at the end, he betrays her and saves them all. (laughs) I don't know. Well, she certainly played along really well (laughs) with his his mom. She loves him. I mean, I think she was covering for him is the thing. She's like, oh, crap. Everyone knows about it. It was me. I did it. You know, I'm the crazy old woman. And I think that he just went along with that. He's like, "Okay, mom, thanks. Yeah. Hmm. Around that time, Hubie's mother gets away by saying Frankenstein and everyone turns and she runs away. Now, Hubie himself does this earlier in the film where he yells Frankenstein and they look Mm -hmm. and then he runs away. He does it right when they think he's the person who's been kidnapping everyone. My main thing I just wanted to say about this is the first time Hubie does it, one of the other characters says, oh, that old Frankenstein trick. (laughs) That's not an old Frankenstein trick. I've never heard. I've never seen someone using the Frankenstein thing. (laughs) Right, but then we learn later his mom does it, so I guess it's a family thing. (laughs) I guess so. They must only do it on Halloween, because it wouldn't really work any other day of the year, unless people believe in Frankenstein. Oh, wait, is there a universe where people believe that monsters actually exist and kind of coexist with humans? (laughs) Are you talking about Hotel Transylvania, where Frankenstein is real and humans interact with him on a regular basis? Holy cow, that's good proof that this is in the Hotel Transylvania universe. (laughs) In what other universe would people believe it when you yell, Frankenstein? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense unless he's a real guy walking around. (laughs) I guess. That's all I have to say about Hubie Halloween. I have a couple of things to say about Babe Zahoy slash the unsinkable Shecky Moskowitz slash going overboard. It was never technically released. It was actually just screened on December 9th and December 10th in the mornings in a single theater. Hmm. Sounds like maybe somebody was using this film to like basically launder money and have a nice vacation on a cruise ship because that's what, what the movie Uh-oh. is, right? Like there was no intention of He's releasing this movie. He's been doing this, this from the beginning. He has, exactly. <laughs> he, th- there was no intention of releasing this movie. It, it, they screened it just to say that it had a premiere. That's it. They, they were never going to bring it on VHS or anything. They were never going to sell it. But then... It was uncovered only later after Adam Sandler got popular when Billy Madison came out. Bidmark Entertainment discovered the unsinkable Shecky Moskowitz. They bought the rights. They renamed it Going Overboard. And then they filled all the trailers with Adam Sandler references, just like showing clips of his newer movies and stuff, <laughs> trying to cash in on his, his success. He, he hates this movie. He wants to hide it. And maybe it's not just because it's bad that he wants oh. to hide it. Maybe it's because it was actually like kind of illegal that he wants Dude, to hide it. Dude, that's pretty good because yeah. why would he want to hide a bad movie? He's Adam yeah, Sandler. He's he made built a bad his career movies. on bad movies. Right. But at the same time, he doesn't try to hide that he uses movies just to go on vacation he's pretty open about that that's because he's now in charge of the finances so he knows it's done right he wasn't in charge of the finances for going overboard that's true it it was his first movie right so he was just a participant in the underhanded dirty dealings here so it's a crazy movie it is a weird movie it starts out with paulie like adrian's brother from rocky (laughs) the sleazebag brother 
He's dressed as an army general, and he's at his desk browsing through porn VHSs until he finds the unsinkable Shecky Moskowitz, a VHS Whoa. with Adam Sandler on the cover pulling a silly face. And this excites and titillates him to no end, causing him to abandon all the other pornos and slam <laughs> this Adam Sandler goodness into the VCR. <laughs> um, Whoa. Would that scene not make a lot less sense once they changed the name of the movie? You got that right. <laughs> so anyway, the real movie, which Polly from Rocky, dressed as an army general, is now watching, it starts with Adam Sandler. He gets out of a taxi, turns to the camera, and this is my best evidence for the Adam Sandler is basically, you know, just uh, using his movies to launder money. He turns to the camera and explains everything. Like he says, OK, everybody, all you viewers out there, the only reason we're actually filming this movie is because we had access to a really big, nice cruise ship and a ton of lovely pageant babes. <laughs> I just find it odd that they would preface the movie with him telling us how, you know, it was basically never actually meant for the public to see it. And it's just a money laundering operation. It was just made for them to take a nice cruise on on the producer's dollar. Uh-huh. I want to note that the producer of this movie Randolph Turo, he came up with the idea for this movie after he was asked to judge a beauty pageant in Palm Springs, Florida. He learned that the pageant promoters, they rented a cruise ship and filled it with beauty contest winners as a publicity stunt, quote unquote. Basically, they used pageant money to go on vacation. Okay. And he learned about that and said, whoa, that's the greatest idea ever. And literally did exactly that for his movie. He contacted his friend in Texas named Mark Schultz. Mark Schultz financed the film. <laughs> so basically, it was all his money. And they all got to have a nice vacation on Mark Schultz's dime. <laughs> they wrote the script a week before filming. I think that's how they do all Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> I mean, this one was even more rushed. They cast it in one day. <laughs> um, and they only filmed six days. So yeah, I, I think there's really good evidence that this guy learned of a scam and decided, I like that scam, and then did that scam. And no no one was ever supposed to watch this movie. It was literally just a scam for him to use someone else's money to have a vacation. But unfortunately for him, Adam Sandler got famous, and then someone else bought the rights to this movie and published it. And then uh, Adam Sandler had to spend the rest of his life pretending it doesn't exist. he got famous. <laughs> well, no matter what, him. things turned out pretty well for Adam Sandler. <laughs> rest of the movie is pretty weird like um it's basically just about Jackie moskowitz who is adam sandler he wants to be the comedian on the ship but they have another comedian so the the comedian who's not adam sandler he he tells some great jokes he's just sitting on deck surrounded by women who are just like they, they are in awe of how great he is <laughs> and i'll give you some examples of the jokes he's spouting <laughs> wow. off so he's like so i was with this girl last night and she was she was just going crazy like going crazy like she's she's pulling my hair she's biting my nipples she's just going nuts so finally i'm like hey this has to stop so i said hey mom <laughs> 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 which i thought was a pretty good joke <laughs> and all these beautiful beauty pageant winners are all around him they just love it they're like oh that's such a good joke <laughs> his next joke so I'm with this guy playing chess and I, I finally I just say, hey, this is boring the crap out of me. So you know what I do? I, I take the chess piece and I shove it in his eye, in his eye. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> that was the whole joke. That's a pretty next, good joke. <laughs> his next joke. 
they just devolve. Like his next joke is, hey, 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 check this out. So I went swimming the other night and while I was swimming, my dick shrivels up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Last joke I'm going to tell. He says, so I got this chick, right? She's She's got a scissor hold, like wrestling move or something. She's got a scissor hold on my neck, right? I'm choking. I'm dying, right? So finally I say, Hey, Grandma, take your varicose veins off my neck, will ya? So anyway, most of his jokes are about making out with family members. Um, but anyway. Well, he knows what his thing is. <laughs> it's about halfway through this movie that I found out that Polly, Adrian's brother from Rocky, he is actually playing a character in this movie. He's not just random general. He is... General Noriega, the Panamanian dictator. <laughs> and oh. I had no idea up until halfway through this movie. There's a great bit where they have one interview with Miss Australia who just goes off. <laughs> she just goes crazy on General Noriega. She hates him. She just starts like randomly out of it has nothing to do with the question. But she's like brings up General Noriega, just starts describing all these gross, disgusting things that she thinks about him. Like she's like, he must smell just disgusting. And he's all sweaty and gross and he has bad breath and he's stupid. <laughs> and he, he, he I'd rather spend a whole day with Ted Bundy than with General Noriega. <laughs> he's like, I bet his friends don't even, his best friends don't even want to talk to him. I think he stinks. <laughs> like she just keeps going and going. She has no idea. She's never, she's never met General Noriega. <laughs> she's going crazy about him. But uh, sadly, he is watching this movie in which she gives that interview and then sends his men to kill her in the movie. Okay. Their cruise ship gets boarded by General Noriega's terrorists. Okay. Well, Adam Sandler ends up beating them by turning them into the comedians on the ship. Everyone loves them when they're comedians. They didn't really like Adam Sandler, but they <laughs> love these two terrorists. So <laughs> anyway, that's that's pretty much the whole movie. I think it only makes sense as a money laundering <laughs> vacation. <Yeah. laughs> And that's where Adam Sandler learned it. He every movie he's done since he's he's been trying to recreate the masterpiece that producer Randolph Turo came up with. He just loves this game. Okay, well, one more thing we should talk about for our first theory that we introduced that Hubie Halloween is intentionally Adam Sandler's worst film ever made. We've looked at Hubie Halloween. It is pretty bad. Uh, we've I laughed at more watching. Going overboard than I did watching Hubie yeah. Halloween. So, We've looked at <laughs> Going Overboard or whatever it's called, which might be Adam Sandler's worst movie. It could be his worst. It's, I think, the 16th worst movie of all time, according to IMDb. It has like a one point something out of 10. Oh, well, that's, that's not good. Well, but many people, and, and I know this from pre-Hubie Halloween times, but before Hubie Halloween, Adam Sandler's worst movie was widely considered to be Little Nicky, which I personally find I, I kind unfathomable. Of I like Little, Little Nicky. Nicky. That's one <laughs> yeah. of the only Adam Sandler movies I, that I do I like. Kind of, 
And clearly I'm into more zany <laughs> off the wall humor and little Nikki is very zany and off the wall compared to, you know, little Nikki his is other insane. It's even crazier than I remember it. Like, it's so crazy. crazy and, well, and, and little Nikki is actually one of the, the things pointed to for like why uh, Adam Sandler started doing this quote unquote scam. People say he might use. Yeah. Cause because he dumped money into that movie. That, that little Nikki was production. like a $98 million budget or 88 yeah. or something like that. And it only, gross like 56 million and so they're saying that he learned well if my movies are going to bomb which they've never really bombed since then at least that bad but they figure they need, he's like if my cheap, movies are going to bomb i'll just take back. the money instead of making this huge production like he did with little nicky which just had tons of special effects uh i'll just take most of that money and make these really small movies that i set on like a cruise ship or an island <laughs> yep <laughs> so. and seriously listeners just look through Happy Madison Productions movies that they've made. They like half of them are set on like Hawaii <laughs> or a cruise ship <laughs> yeah. or something. Like we got Fifty First Dates, which is in Hawaii. We've got uh, The Wrong Missy. Um, just go with it. Uh, the Do Over is in a tropical uh, tropical vacation. Uh, like it's just ridiculous how many of them are just on you know like a Hawaiian island for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> no reason for the Disney. yeah. And then with Little Nicky, like, I just, I feel like that, how can you consider that to be his worst movie ever made? That movie is actually good. Like, it's funny. It's got this cool heaven and hell thing going on. It's epic. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than any of the movies he's ever made. There's like a big fight between heaven and hell. It's, I don't know. Like, I, I, that's, I watched that as a kid. I watched Happy Gilmore as a kid. I watched Big Daddy. Oh, I watched Big Daddy like three times for some reason. I still don't understand that movie. I don't know. I I just I actually like Little Nicky. I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. I rewatching it. It starts with John Lovitz on yeah, a tree well, branch, being a peeping, just peeping, peeping on this person. <laughs> but we it's 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 so great because he's just peeping on her and like being like I'm watching you, and then he laughs evilly a few times, like ha 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 ha, and then yeah. he falls off the branch and dies. Well, first he calls them. <laughs> yeah, he, he calls her to try and get her son to leave so he can keep peeping. Right. Which well, is that's a thing. terrible idea. <laughs> that's part of John Lovitz's character is that even though it seems like he's sneaking around, he's not ashamed of this at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just straight up call them and admit what he's doing. He says he's a bird, but they can see him. It's not dark they can out. See he's you can not see a bird. Him. Clearly. (laughs) Anyway, he ends up in hell getting chased around by a horny bird. But Mm -hmm. then later on, when Satan or the devil is talking to his three sons, he peeks in through the devil's window and he's like, hey, it's the devil. And then he makes that same laugh like, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't matter. He literally just likes looking in at windows at people and laughing. (laughs) And then the the big bird comes and chases him away. (laughs) What a good character. That's great. I mean, no, uh, little Nikki also has some actually interesting mechanics, like how Nikki several times throughout the movie needs to return to hell to like report to his dad or get help or you know tell him something important and every time he needs to go back to hell he needs to find a way to kill himself because that's the only way to get to hell so he either has to convince someone close by him to kill him or he has to find a way to do it himself which I think is pretty good he has to get his roommate to like drown him at the end of the movie, he has to have his girlfriend kill him. It's it's fun. It's uh, an interesting mechanic. 
I think it is genuinely his most interesting and funny movie that he's ever made. <laughs> and, you know, and again, this is a movie that even among Sandler fans is not well liked. <laughs> so I was going to start this, this episode with something. Dude, who would win in a battle royale of all of the characters that Adam Sandler has ever played? Oh, no. But they're Which also character would win. They're also ineffective. I no, need... okay. Zohan, for whatever reason, is like an incredible like psyops agent. I don't know much about Zohan. QB, he's very responsible. He, you know, he took on a werewolf. <laughs> so yeah, that's something. And he has a thermos. Yeah, his thermos is magical. What was with the thermos? Was it supposed to be funny? I don't know. Well, Happy Gilmore is insanely strong, but anytime he gets mad enough to get in a fight, he loses. Like, he yeah, loses he against loses the guy to... from The Price is Right, who is yeah. very old. <laughs> so he loses to Bob Barker, yes. <laughs> um, Though he does kill an alligator. Oh, well, yeah, that's kind of impressive. Um, I mean... <laughs> and then uses it to accidentally kill his mentor, Chubbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I gotta watch. Oh, I gotta watch Happy Gilmore again. There's actually some funny stuff in that movie. Anyway, I, I think the clear answer is little, little Nicky would win because he's right. all powerful. He knows how to <laughs> release the evil and release the god. <laughs> Just take the chicken and shove it into your face hole. <laughs> wow. He loves Popeye's chicken. That's another thing in Adam Sandler movies. They always have really overt product mm. placement. Like Pepto-Bismol <laughs> yep. in Jack and Jill is very uh. overt. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sandler only plays two characters. One is the happy Gilmore and like anger management one. Yeah. Just really angry, a huge jerk to everyone. The other one is little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Hubie, right? The the like really kind, nice guy. But who's mentally just, impeded man. Yeah. yeah. But is hated by everyone specifically. Yeah. Has, everyone has to hate him. Yep. Okay. Are, are, you, are you all done talking about I'm Adam done. Sandler? Oh my are you gosh. All I'm, Adam so Sandler done. Out? I'm so okay, done. Okay. Let's recap our theories. Do you think that Hubie Halloween was Adam Sandler's vengeance on the world? Was he making us all pay for him getting snubbed at the Oscars for Uncut Gems? Um, yes, absolutely. He said he would I truly do it. Believe it was it. the next movie he made. Everyone believes this theory. Everyone who knows about it. This is the bad movie that he put upon us to punish all of us because of what happened. Now, is it Adam Sandler's worst movie? That's debatable. It's debatable. It's not a good debate, though. Oh, boy. So what do you think? Is there an Adam Sandler verse? Well, yeah, there are characters that have the same name and personality scattered throughout Happy Madison production films, and they're clearly the same character. And this is the most evident with Ben Stiller's character in Hubie <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. He's the same guy. <laughs> he's supposed to be the same he's guy. He's got the name tag. And he points it out, <laughs> and he's got the mustache, and he's just a total jerk. He's incredibly mean for no reason. <laughs> is Wayne... From Hotel Transylvania, Wayne the Werewolf, is he the same person as Walter Lambert from Hubie Halloween? Is that him in human form? Well, when you look at all the evidence, and if you already accept, as we have, that there is a Sandler verse, and you know that uh -huh. Hotel Transylvania is Adam Sandler, so it's in his verse, mm -hmm. and... Then you look at this and movie. And if you look at the timeline that I laid out, <laughs> which does fit. It could work. Now, of course, the movie itself says he's not a werewolf at the end. It was all a big misunderstanding. Yeah, well, that's but, what you the know. humans say. They don't know. Right. He could be covering that up. Yeah. So it's possible. And certainly the way they look and dress and act is the same. And their voice, you know, it's the same actor, obviously. 
last but not least, this is my favorite of all the theories, is Adam Sandler just emulating producer Randolph Turo from his very first starring role and just creating lowest budget possible movies in the nicest vacation locales that he can find and basically enriching his own and his friends wallets. (laughs) I don't know much about that except from what I heard from you. But based on that, I can say with utmost confidence, yes, 100%. Yeah, he laid it out for us right at the beginning of going overboard. He was like, hey, guys, here's what we're doing. We're only making this movie to spend time on this nice cruise ship with a bunch of babes. He says so, and it's true, because they never intended to release it. So it has to be true. Oh, and we, we referenced Hotel Transylvania. Many of our most diehard fans might know There is a lost, mysterious episode of Of The the Popcorn Popcorn Isn't Isn't Real. Real, One that was too edgy, too dark to show to the general population about the darkness behind Hotel Transylvania. I love that episode. It's still, to this day, probably my favorite episode. I wish wish we could air it. Well, we may air it. We may re-record it with better mics, because this was actually the second episode we ever recorded we We might redo it with better mics one of these days we should i would maybe we could do it for halloween that might be better than this crap we we just should have done this for halloween you're absolutely right why didn't i think oh man we were prepared for that theory too it would have been so much less we could have just done it (laughs) oh my gosh I we wouldn't I wouldn't have even had to rewatch them. I've got all my notes. You know, me too. Oh my gosh, we're so stupid. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much for listening. Music for this episode is provided by Christine. If you want to talk to us or suggest any theories that you want us to cover, you can reach out to us on at popcorn isn't real. We were recently featured in an article on The Atlantic, which is really cool. We were written about by Shirley Lee, who wrote an article about fan theories and interviewed us for her article, which was very awesome. We were the experts on fan theories, which is very cool. If you want to read that article, maybe we'll link to it. You could look at it. Uh, If you like our podcast, you can leave us a review, a favorable review even. I hope you all liked our special Halloween episode. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hubie Halloween, everybody. (laughs) Have a Hubie, Hubie Halloween. And remember, the The pumpkin pumpkin isn't isn't real. real.